Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 206th episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show in which, in which we discuss movies, games, TV shows, and a little bit of Popeye's. That's right, ladies. <laughs> Popeye's chicken. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jimmy Uthie. This is my co-host, Holden Peanut Butter Sutter. I don't like that. I don't like peanut butter, Jimmy. Well, sorry, you're stuck with it. <laughs> of course, feel free to skip to any part of the podcast you would like to listen to using the time codes down in the description. Today, we've got a great show for you featuring our reviews of Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, both non-spoiler and spoiler. So again, check the time codes for that. We are also going to be discussing the second episode of Marvel's Marvel's Secret Invasion titled Promises. Beforehand, we will talk about some news from this week in the world of entertainment, including trailer reactions for Five Nights at Freddy's, Dune Part 2, and additionally, we're going to talk about Spider-Man, excuse me, Spider-Man, Superman and Lois Lane being cast for the, quite the crossover. That would be. It's, it is inevitable. Yeah, we're going to get that. That's, you know, once once both the MCU and DCU are like not making money. Right. Especially well, with James Gunn there, too. It's yeah. almost like you have another bridge between them. So it just I would love to see it. But uh, yeah. not yet. Superman, <laughs> Lois Lane getting cast for the DCU. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Evan Peters joining uh, Tron 3 and so much more Holden once again use the time codes down in the description to skip to what you want to listen to or just listen to the whole darn thing alright because we're paying you to do so alright Holden with that being said <laughs> let's dive right in that one movie podcast Stomp. <laughs> All right, first, Jimmy, before we talk about Indiana Jones and everything else, let's do the Toms. All right, let's do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. And by rapid fire, we mean like we'll talk about a topic for like two to five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> today uh, today is actually pretty short. We're recording this uh, pretty like four days after the last one. Mm -hmm. So there's not a ton of news or anything. This is just with the holiday weekend, this worked out best. Yeah, so. 4th of July. Suck it, UK. Yeah. <laughs> we won. Darn yeah. it. You know, we <laughs> we're celebrating that. 250 No matter years. what you want. <laughs> Uh, we love our UK listeners. We do, yes. All hail the king. Am I right, Holden? Yeah. Yeah. All hail the, Oh, yeah, they do have a king now. They do that's have right. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird to say. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Jimmy, first off for trailers, we've got Dune Part 2, the highly anticipated follow-up to Dune from a couple years ago. This is the second trailer we've gotten. Kind of, I was kind of surprised we got another one this soon. I feel like like usually we get like one trailer a ways out, and then it's like a couple months beforehand yeah. we start getting more. Mm -hmm. But we're still like four or five months away from this. I think this is a better trailer, to be honest. With you. It's mm -hmm. very epic. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like it maybe gives a little too much away, but I have I I don't know what happens in the second part. Otherwise, other than there's a big rebellion, but to me, yeah. I'm like, does he blow up like all the machinery used to mine the spice or whatever at the end of the trailer? I'm like, is that mm -hmm. a, just that massive explosion? I'm like, is that a spoiler? I don't know. 
I think I have an idea of where it ends up just based on kind of what I've heard about subsequent books, but I don't know how it gets there or anything. Yeah. And also it could, I could be completely wrong. So you going to read this before it comes out? No, I, I thought about it, but honestly, I think since I watched the first one, and didn't know anything about it. I think I'll watch the second one, not knowing anything. And then I might read it after. Yeah. Because I feel like if you read it, you're only going to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather just oh, people l- like the first one. That yeah. Read the book. And some people didn't though. Really? Like there are some people adamantly, but I mean, there's always going to be that. So, That's true. um, I think, uh, I think this trailer did a really good job though of setting up just the epic scale of it. Uh, I like how you can tell that they're going to really focus on Paul Atreides kind of, uh, coming, warming up to the idea of taking leadership, assuming mm-hmm. his father's position, as the head of his family, which I am blind, Atreides family. Atreides. Yeah. <laughs> I just said his name. Paul Atreides family. What's his Against name? Against the Harkonnens. Mm-hmm. See, I remember some things. So you had Stellan Skarsgård being like, oh, yeah, show me what you are, or whatever he says. Uh, you have that big kind of gladiator pit, but yeah, it's which you saw in the just previous black trailer. and white pretty much. So that looks really That's interesting. Cool. Um, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, Ooh, yes. I think he's the emperor. The emperor. Like, yeah. Florence Pugh as his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously uh, Zendaya gets a lot more play just in this trailer than she did <laughs> in, in all of Dune movie. Park 1. <laughs> um, but uh, her name's like Johnny or something? Johnny, I think. Johnny. C-H-A-N-I. Johnny. 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 Okay. I was thinking Johnny, like as in the room. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's Johnny. Johnny, it's just <laughs> Johnny. Don't worry, Paul, I got it. <laughs> I got him. I'm taking out the Harkonnens. I <laughs> sound like Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul Atreides, what are you doing, man? I got to I don't. That's he's too much Brooklyn for. Yeah. I don't know. Jimmy's accents are his games off recently. Yeah, it's he's, been off. every time he tries one, he's, he goes completely different. Yeah, I see. I need. I'm out of practice, Holden. <laughs> You gotta get in my Jaguar. That that's it's my Jason Stanton. <laughs> Mike Airman Trout is not British. <laughs> I'm gonna go Brokaw for Dune Part Two. Yeah, I'm giving it a Brokaw. I mean, visually it looks incredible, just like all the, the previous. Just like movie. us. Just like us. We yeah. look visually incredible. Um, and the cast is is very exciting. I mean, it was already stacked before, um, but now we have a lot of new players that we quite mm-hmm. enjoy. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to Christopher Walken. I, I think he's just so fun. And like what's everything. the deal with all and, these people <laughs> fighting each other? When I'm like interested because like he's so well known at this point for like people know him as like for his voice and stuff and don't take him too seriously but he's kind of like this antagonistic emperor character i think so we'll be interested Mm -hmm. to see how threatening he is yeah but yeah no i'm very excited so broke off from me yes sweet holden next trailer five nights at freddy's kind of a story trailer holden i know nothing about (laughs) these games how close is this story to the games because it seems to me like okay Josh Hutcherson gets the job. Security guard, yeah. Yeah. Who's the little girl with him again? I watched this trailer a few days ago. I can't remember. Daughter. I I literally just watched it. I can't. Might be. Maybe some some girl that he's associated with. Yes. Um, I'm fairly confident it's not his wife. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's his daughter. Daughter or niece or something like that. Um. Even maybe random girl he's babysitting. Sorry. I, I watched I this trailer a few days ago. <laughs> Anywho, it seems like the the monster animatronic things are trying have the souls of children who died there. Yeah, so that's that is from the game. Okay. It's a very weird thing. So the the lore of these games is very weird and bizarre. And I so 
and I'm not fully caught up on it because I dropped off several years ago. But yeah, from what I understand, but like ask Souls- him about Kingdom Hearts, and he's got you. Covered. I, I got you covered. I've played all those. But no, uh, five. Uh, yeah, it's the souls of kids of like the. There's the serial killer that killed that like worked at Five Nights at or not the place isn't called Five Nights at Freddy's, but worked at the pizzeria, and like the souls of his victims are like in the animatronics. That's kind of the gist of it. Nice. So, um, yeah, the animatronics they and they want a friend or something. What's going on here? I it's I don't. Do they go? Okay. Do they go after? the girl in the in the game or is it they just go there's no girl in the game they just go after the the security guard i there's there's some stuff i kind of remember about them like wanting their souls to be freed and i i don't know like i said it gets very bizarre and i want my soul to be free so i'm gonna murder you yeah maybe they maybe they have to like swap souls or something maybe i don't know i can't remember but um, the animatronics in this, so it's done by the Jim Henson company, which I think I mentioned for the last trailer mm. and they, they look good, but they don't look scary. I don't think it like, like the, the thing that bothers me most about this trailer, other than it looks just doesn't look that great. I, I think like it doesn't look like it's going to be scary. Cause I just don't think these things are it's like PG 13. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like middle school or first horror movie. Audience, yeah. I think you have to remember that. So I think if this is the first horror movie that a person's going to see, mm-hmm. probably it's going to be scary for them. Whereas someone like us, and we've seen a million of them at this time, we're pretty desensitized to it. But you know, we see this when we're 10 years old. It's going to yeah, make us probably poop or would pain. Be a lot scarier. This is what they're going to watch at a fourth grade sleepover. I'm just not sure because like, the whole gist of the games is you're essentially like, I mean, you flip between what is essentially a bunch of JPEGs. Like the game doesn't have like a lot of actual like full motion. They are it. PNGs, Holden. Do not whatever <laughs> talk about the quality i'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> but anyway uh it, it just flips between those and so the you have the animatronics and it's kind of like they don't move a whole lot and i don't i don't understand they they seem big and lumbering in this i don't really understand how they're going to be like that much of a threat so uh, how is the game scary if it's just jpegs it's it's jpegs and you can you're like you're keeping track of the different screens because you're basically just in the security booth the whole time and you have to like watch where they are if you see them outside your door you have to like close it and stuff and then if you that's a good good idea close the door maybe i would have done that before i sat down (laughs) in the chair but it i don't know the way the doors work is weird but then um if if they get in then it's like a jump scare thing and that's like really the only full motion thing in the game is the jump scare everything else is like it's the horror is just like in seeing them like slowly get closer to you and everything. And so it, that's why I don't, I don't know how this will work in that regard. Once again, like you said, it is like baby's first horror movie kind of thing, but I don't know. I'm not sure how well it'll translate to a movie. Here's, here's where they could play with it though. Since it's PG 13, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things you could do. And I, I think is a thing with the original games is like the audio. Mm-hmm, you yeah. could really play into the audio because you're obviously limited in what you can do visually from a PG-13 standpoint. But audio-wise, you could really lean into that and use that to create a lot of tension, maybe have a good uh, score. I would love for uh, Matthew Lillard to at one point say, Zoink Scoop! <laughs> in the movie. So, Yeah, Matthew. I'm, I'm interested to see how Matthew Lillard's character plays out because I think I know who he's playing, but I'm not... Oh, exactly. Okay. Sure. No, okay. Keep, no it un- keep it under wraps. All right. <laughs> Josh, Josh Hutcherson just 
will never look like an adult. I no, guess. he's kind of he, like he looks me. like a. I will just always look like a child. He looks like maybe younger than us, <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe that's sad on our part. But <laughs> I don't. I, we don't look old for our age. No, certainly. he just looks like a little baby. We're just yeah. We're all just little babies. <laughs> we can go to this, and they're like, "Sorry, you need a parent to come God. to this. It's PG thirteen. And Holden's like, "I have a beard." Okay. Um. I'll you know I'll go Bergeron. Yeah, I'll go Bergeron. It wasn't. I don't think it was as bad as the first trailer. Um, but I'm. I don't know. We'll see how it turns. Can't out. wait for all my sixth graders to be like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie was so scary. <laughs> oh my Meanwhile, goodness! You saw Saw X that weekend, and you're like, yeah, well, I saw, saw ten. Saw X. Same weekend, huh? Yeah, same oh, weekend. Man. Which right the weekend for horror? So you got you got the the youngins <laughs> covered with mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's. And you got <laughs> the Indiana Jones crowd <laughs> covered with Saw 10. It's really a, a Barbie Oppenheimer situation. It really is. <laughs> Do you see they're all like promoting each other's movies now? Yeah, that's except cute. Chris Nolan. Except Christopher <laughs> Nolan. There's, I was seeing people like, put, like they're promoting each other's movies, and then there people were like, Christopher Nolan is not going to do this. <laughs> I don't know. He loves. He's like movie theaters are the greatest institution. That's ever true. Created. He could do it just for that. Movies are my religion. <laughs> I have the most punchable face in all of Hollywood. Except for Paul Dano. Except for Paul Dano. <laughs> Has Paul Dano been in a Nolan film? Uh, he seems like he would no. be a perfect Christopher Nolan he actor. Would be good. He's got a very distinct face. Was I haven't seen Interstellar. He wasn't in that, was he? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Then. I don't. Well, I don't think so. It's been... 10 years. I think there was some random actor who's in Interstellar that was like, I did not know they were in that. It was kind of like, I think Maybe a before they were famous. <laughs> Maybe it was Paul <laughs> Dano. Funny. But they were like playing like a kid or something. I don't know. I have not seen that since a 9.15 p.m. showing back when it came out on like a weekday. So I'm a little fuzzy on the details. Anyway, we should probably move on. We, we gotta go to we gotta go to space <laughs> to save the world or whatever the whatever plot of this movie is. That's not a rocket. That's Lincoln. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Bergeron. Yeah. Uh, next up. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, this week, Alan Arkin passed away at age 89. Um, he's probably most his. He was an Oscar winner for Little Miss Sunshine, but he's been in a lot of movies. Very accomplished career. I I mostly know him from two movies. Uh, that being Get Smart, of all things, <laughs> which he's the director, and he was pretty funny in that movie, from what I remember. He's the director of Get Smart. No, not he's not the director. Oh, like the, I was like, like the agency. Director. I was like he's the director. No, no, okay. <laughs> I don't know who directed yeah. that. But um, and then Argo, uh, which was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters. So that Argo's movie a good holds, one. Yeah, that holds a special place in my heart. I um, mean, he's great in both of those movies. But other movies he was in uh, include Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Edward Scissorhands, and Gattaca, among many others. I will always remember him from Get Smart, which is yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> movies. I'm that, trying to remember what some of his lines. I, yeah, I just remember him being funny in it, but I can't remember chaos like a specific or whatever. <laughs> like chaos or whatever, you get just like triggered nuclear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I need to rewatch Get Smart because I love that movie. That it was it's really been funny. too long. I think that was the first time I really. Well, no, I was gonna say that I saw The Rock and something, but I maybe that little like babysitter movie came first or whatever oh, that's right the, yeah the he long whatever the one where he's a football player and he's got the be tooth like a fairy <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't see that one um yeah no i that yeah get smart holds a special place in my heart too but yeah it's it's sad he, he passed away i i didn't write down exactly from what but 
It's 89, yeah. so nice, nice long life. Yeah, I'm going to give him a Thomas Two Thumbs Up Broca, a.k.a. Sure. Tom Wamsgans. Tom Wamsgans. There we go. Us. We're still in that transition period. Yeah, we Tom got to make sure, you know, listeners that don't listen to every episode, yeah. they're caught up. There you, know? you go. <laughs> Holden, we finally have... Superman and Lois Lane officially mm-hmm. cast for Superman Legacy. Of course, like the really I mean, Blue Beetles, the first DCU film. But Suppo- this is yeah, the, this is the real first one. This is the first real DCU movie. Superman Legacy, of course, written directed by James Gunn. So Holden, who are who is going to be Superman? Who's going to be Lois Lane? Okay, so uh, Superman is going to be played by David Cornsweet. I think that's a corn sweat, corn sweat, <laughs> corn sweat. However you say that, but um, a, we most recently saw him. He was the projectionist in Pearl. He was good in that. Uh, he was also in uh, the Politician. He's not. He hasn't been in a ton, but uh, he was at least good in Pearl from what we saw. Yeah. Um, and then Lois Lane is going to be played by Rachel Brosnahan, who is hot off of her Emmy-winning role in the Mar- as the titular character in the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Apparently good. Um, but yeah. So that's cool. Those were, I mean, I, I, based on the front runners, I was kind of guessing that David would win just on what little I knew. I wasn't sure about the Lois Lane stuff though. Holden's a real Hollywood insider yeah, I mean, over insider. there. No, I, it just seemed that seemed to be kind of where the winds were shifting and what I was reading and everything. So Poor Nicholas Holt missed out on Batman and Superman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was actually in the running for it because I know James Gunn came out in an, inter- in an interview and said some of the smoke was true and some of it was mm. not based in facts at all. And you can't really come out and say what's true and not true because of agents and you want to be fair to actors yeah. and stuff. So you just wait to make the announcement. Um, There's also been rumors that he's up for Lex Luthor. So that could be. That was another yeah. thing. Um, so the interesting thing here is I wonder if, Pearl like has a bump in like streaming numbers or on demand yeah, numbers now. True. Just from this announcement. People finding find out things he's been in and yeah. stuff. Um I have not seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Only heard good things, except I heard the last season wasn't great. So mm. um, but I, I'm guessing Rachel Brosnan uh, is beloved by a lot of people. So that's exciting. I'm gonna give this a Broca Holman. Yeah, I will also give it a Broca. Very exciting cast. Sweet. One last piece of news. Yes. Uh, Tron 3, a movie that I have just so many mixed emotions about, but uh, some good casting. Uh, We have Evan Peters, uh, who's hot off of his Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries on Netflix, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, very famous for American Horror Story and playing X-Men in the, or playing Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Um, He is cast in an unknown major role in the film. So that's cool. He's a good actor. He's, like he's J- uh, David Tron. David Tron. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Tron. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more look, looking forward to seeing him in it than Jared mm-hmm. Leto. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then a couple other casting. Uh, we have Jodie Turner-Smith, uh, who I've not seen anything she's in. She's been in, like, movies Queen and Slim, White Noise. And she's apparently going to be in one of the main characters in The Acolyte coming soon on Disney+. Oh, Plus. sure. The so. the Star Wars. Yeah. That was the pre-High the High Republic one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that so, sounds cool. Yeah, she's going to be in it. And also Greta Lee, who is hot off of her, like, apparently one of the best movies of the year, Past Lives. I don't know if you've Yeah, I've heard- seen this on lists. I, d- I don't yeah. know anything about it. So. Yeah, I don't really either. But that might be a, an Oscar t- contender we have to check out at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. She's also in Russian Doll. I think she's, like, the main character's like friend in that movie. So um, yeah, interesting cast. Sweet. I will give Evan Peters, who I did a really good job in, in Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trying to think of what really else I've seen him in. I haven't really seen WandaVision. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> WandaVision. I think it's pretty much it for other things I've seen him mm-hmm. in. So he's been, he was good in both of those. Uh, so I'm going to give him a Brokaw. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw too. I've seen the first season of, Amer- of American Horror Story and he was delightfully creepy in that. But um, yeah, yeah, like him a lot. So Brokaw. And the other actors, I'll give a Brokaw too, even though I don't know a ton of a lot about them. But they seem good. Sweet, Holden. It's time for our famous segment, which mm-hmm. is Tom Pies, Tom ladies Pies. and gentlemen. It is back. We were back at Popeyes. Pompeyes. Uh, See, and- Jimmy, I think you need so you need like a new musical intro for Popeye, Popeye for Tom Pies, and it's just like the Popeyes theme or something. But oh like yeah, you okay. insert in the word Tomp over where he says Popeye the Sailor Man. You say Tompie the Tom Pie the Chicken Boy. Yeah, we should just record that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tompie the Chicken. How does the Popeye song go? I'm I can't remember. Oh, it's wow. like I'm Popeye the Sailor Man or something. That's like very that. nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. This week, Popeyes. I got the four-piece chicken combo. My go-to. Well, we should mention we went to a different Popeyes. We than did. We usually do. This is big. The- we went to the <laughs> West Side Popeyes instead of the East Side Popeyes because mm-hmm. we were going to the West Side Theater instead of the East Side yes. Theater yes. this week. Um, traffic was terrible. That's it's like oh my gosh. It was fine on my side. I was coming from the opposite direction though, but north. I was coming from the south. Yeah. Um, and we get there, and uh, Holden gets his order right away. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Any anything to say about your order, really? No, I mean it was it was pretty high quality. I I I was dreading going to this one because I've been door dashing a lot recently, mm-hmm. and they this Popeyes is like notoriously very slow. And I think, I, to be fair, I think they're understaffed a lot of the time. So not nothing against them or anything. So I was like, oh god, food's gonna take a while or whatever. But now I got food right away, and they were very friendly and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Great my, service. Good food. My chicken was fresh. I got the uh, six-piece um, ghost pepper wings again because I was really hungry. Those are good. Out of ranch. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Can't hold that against them. They just ran out. Yeah. Uh, but they gave me, instead of putting it all in the same basket, they gave me a separate basket of fries with the biscuit. Yeah, you got it. more fries. I was so I got more upset fries. about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, good job, Tom Good job, Popeye's. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, job to our Tompai segment. Yeah, good job to our Tompai <laughs> segment. Holden, let's talk about Secret Invasion, episode two, titled Promises. Mm-hmm. All right, Secret Invasion, episode two, Jimmy, um, titled Promises. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, came out on Wednesday. This is like the quickest i think we've recorded an up ep- no we i guess we did better call Saul the night of yes feels very quick i just watched this yesterday actually like last night so i i held off on it so i got it fresh in my brain but very nice um yeah another good episode i thought it i was, thought so as well yeah it was very interesting it wasn't like super action heavy like it didn't really have no. a big climax at the end like the previous episode did but it had a lot of stuff happen in it a lot of very interesting and kind of uh, stuff I wasn't expecting to happen in it. It's this, the show is going in a very interesting direction and it's not like it isn't a superhero show really. It's not, it, not yet anyway. Yeah. Not yet. Anyway, it's, it really just feels like this invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. But like a body modernized. snatchers there's, I I've seen people call it like the Andor of the MCU. I can kind of see that a bit to an extent, uh, at least in terms of its tone um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of like this espionage show set in the MCU and it's, it's very intriguing thus yeah. far. 
Um, we start off in the past. They basically just, here's what happened in Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go to, that's 1995, 1997. Great mm-hmm. year. Year I was brought onto the earth. Yeah. Uh, it's also the year where Nick Fury's like, look, he, hey, look, everybody is a scroll. We'll find you a new planet. Me and Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. we'll do that for you. And you guys just help us out here on Earth in some vague mission that I'm not going to describe. Yeah. We'll uh, probably learn more about it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't Maybe. But... um, Vague mission. Vague mission. Uh, I mean, maybe that's like... Maybe that's just like... Like helping out with S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. was made up of a lot of scrolls and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But he's like, you help us out and I'll help you find a new planet. And so they did apparently help him out. And he just never found them a new planet. Yeah. So it's called Promises, obviously, because he Nick Fury broke his promises. Yeah. He wasn't able to keep them for whatever reason. I'm sure it's more complicated than mm-hmm. it would appear true uh, graphic in the other scrolls in opposition. Um, but essentially, yeah. they, it just cements that this resistance scroll force exists to claim Earth as their own planet. And yeah. one of the things I really liked about this episode was that council meeting that yeah that was really good i thought that was really interesting i did i didn't verify but was one of the the guys shooter mcgavin that actor from happy gilmore i forgot to check i should look it up while while you bring up up. a point okay you you bring it up or you pull that up while i uh talk about this what i really liked about that is there was kind of uh this exploration of humanity in terms of like hey look we don't need to feel bad about claiming earth because humans are destined to just kill each other. Like yeah. it's inevitable. Have you lot like have you not learned based on being here the last 30 years that humans are just horrible to each other mm-hmm. and they're so self-destructive and they can't work together. So Nick Fury and Talos are pushing this agenda of oh we can coexist. Well, I should say Talos is pushing the agenda of maybe we can coexist. Nick Fury's like what are you talking about? <laughs> like we can't coexist. We've been yeah. trying to kill each other forever, you know. I love that scene in the train where he's going off. I'm like, you know, you are in hiding. Maybe you should not be yelling in a in the cabin <laughs> of a train. But um, I thought uh, I thought there was just a lot of good sequences here, and mm-hmm. then in that council scene, finding out that okay, here are the people who are scrolls um, in this, and just just everything they talked yeah, about. Yeah, that was and, him. It was Shooter yeah, McGavin. Was I was like, he's talking. I'm like, this guy is, I think he's Shooter McGavin. I couldn't look it up. I was on the elliptical watching this. But uh, I thought that was funny for those of you who know Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Shooter McGavin. All right. Uh, he's also in like a college humor Batman scarecrow really? ca- uh, uh, sketch Weird. Okay. on YouTube from, you know, back when those were popular, like over 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just there was so much to like about this episode from a lot of different, just different angles that I wasn't <laughs> like you said. It is kind of the end or of of the mm-hmm. MCU. Or I'm like I'm not ex- I didn't expect this level of intrigue from this show, which is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, but I think it's pretty well written. I, I did enjoy uh, Don Cheadle's scene as well. Yeah, I I think I think what. A good comparison with this and, and or one of the ways it's similar is because it's really easy to see everyone's perspective in this. Like, and I, I think it'll only become more and more fleshed out. I'm hoping it doesn't take a Falcon and the Winter Soldier route where the bad guys just become less interesting because they just blow up an orphanage or whatever. <laughs> like, remember that? But like, 
Um, yeah, you can you can see like obviously Nick Fury hasn't kept his promise and whatever, and they've been desperate looking for this this place, uh, like a new planet and everything. So that's their perspective. And then of course, you know, it's, you want to side with the humans because we're human and we don't want our planet to be taken. So there's all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you, as you were mentioning, the Don Cheadle scene was was really great. I thought because you, you could tell that like his character just like did not he didn't he like did not want to fire Nick Fury because they have such a history together mm-hmm. and Nick Fury tries to play into that with what he says to him. But um, as the, di- as, as the scene goes on, like Nick Fury just pisses him off more and more. So then by the end, he's like, well, you know what? You're fired. <laughs> so yeah. like he basically, that. and he said like, I lost all my political clout just to keep you out of jail at this yeah. point. Essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I thought that was good, and and just talk of like you know Nick Fury like he, I like how Nick Fury's like, hey man, I'm still Nick Fury, I'm still got this. We're gonna do this, and Don Cheadle calls him. He's like, so you're telling me there's an alien invasion, and you're the only person who yeah. can stop it? Like <laughs> kind of like what are you talking about, man? Um, but Nick Fury brings up the point that okay, so can scrolls copy? Avengers because he talks about the last thing we need is the Avengers coming mm-hmm. and then the scrolls just copy one of them and then they just get the powers. Is well, that how that works? I don't, I don't think he was necessarily implying that, but I think he was, it was more of like he could copy their appearance and then, you know, make them blow up a bomb or something, make them designated terrorists sure. regardless. Okay. Um, but it does seem to be going that direction where they're trying to get the powers okay. of the people. I think that's what the machine that the one guy is hinting oh, at. Sure. And cause like, um, there's the one part where a guy is looking at the computer and she's like seeing like these different powers. You see Groot's like plant arms or whatever. And, um, the, of, of all things, the Iron Man three, like flame people, like they're the, it's called the extremist virus, but they're like, flame abilities and so she's seeing that in there and so i think that's the direction it's going where he's wanting to be able to at least maybe give them the ability to copy powers or just give them powers in general sure that's Uh, a really interesting take yeah who do you think it would be like uh i don't know i don't know captain marvel yeah maybe um but that that feeds into there's a there's a character in the comics called the super scroll that is that's like what it does and the scrolls in the comics are lots of times fantastic four villains but the super scroll like has like copied all four of their abilities uh, so i think that's where it's going we'll see interesting but the dead sea scroll yeah <laughs> ancient text uh you get the good scene with uh the i forget the agent who died at the end of the last episode oh maria hill maria hill you get the scene with her mother mm-hmm. which is pretty heartbreaking because she's like you know the my country owes me this debt of gratitude apparently that doesn't include facts and what ha- actually happened yeah yeah she didn't even know where her daughter died and, and then nick Fury tells her what happens and then she just resents him for it mm-hmm. which is like Nick Fury just took the bullet there. Yeah. Um, which was a pretty honorable thing for him to do, but it is kind of her fault that she did get killed in the first place. So I guess, you know, yeah. Um, which is, you know, just a conflicting scene that I thought was pretty effective. It's just a lot of really hard things are happening for Nick Fury. This episode, he just, he gets the crap beat out of Mm -hmm. him, like emotionally here, uh, between the, what he sees as a betrayal by Talos and then, yeah, that that scene and getting fired and everything. He's just he's getting beat down this whole time. Yeah. 
Uh, the other, th- the, going back to the kind of committee of scrolls mm-hmm. sort of thing, these world leaders who basically have their own scroll UN. <laughs> yeah. Um, the f- I think there's five of them. So yeah, five or and six. they have like this democracy, but uh, Gravik is basically saying, "Look, uh, you know, we gotta go ancient Rome style, guys. Uh, times of war, declare a dictator. I'm your guy." And, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Prime Minister was all was all gung ho about it, and everybody else was like, "No way!" And then you have the one lady stand up for it, and they actually let her go, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting take. I think that makes Gravik more interesting because I think yeah. it's like he is I, he is ultimately doing it for the betterment of his people. So it, like he he doesn't want to hurt the scrolls. He doesn't have to. Right. Like, it, you know, if he lets him lets her go in peace. Like, I feel like that's a smart move on his part, ultimately. Yeah. He also, he also compliments her. He's like, if I had a hundred of you, I could take over the entire universe. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like you said, that's trending in the right direction. Of course, it's trending away from orphanage blowing up yeah. for no reason <laughs> to a more nuanced take on it. And I like how they have made Gravik pretty charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But also, he has standards, which we find out you know, at the end of the episode mm-hmm. after the whole interrogation sequence, which is another thing to talk about. Okay, remind me, what is Olivia Coleman's? <laughs> Role again? She's. I, I think she's forgot. an MI6 like director, okay. higher up agent or something. So she's she's kind of her. I think motivations are kind of unclear, but she's she's also trying to figure out what's happening with the scrolls. For what reason? Don't really know. I don't know if she'll end up helping Nick Fury more or whatever. But yeah, that's that's what she is. Which is interesting because it's like here you have the humans not cooperating with each other against this threat that's now unified that's now unified kind of against them um but that interrogation scene just cuts off a finger (laughs) cuts off a finger it's again a comparison to andor andor has a great interrogation scene too Mm -hmm. with like the screaming that whatever that that makes you go crazy Mm -hmm. um this is great and then she like boils his blood and like (laughs) intense and she's just so like matter of fact when all like these guys are just getting murdered mm-hmm. in the room. Oh yeah, well I know where the escape hatch is, and just oh, okay, la 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 la, <laughs> and oh it's a little bit like this, and she just goes down in the tunnel and and makes her way out. But mm-hmm. um, that was great. I just thought yeah. that was awesome, and the effects were were excellent. Not even yeah. to think about them being special effects. It just no. I was just captured by the moment. And uh, like the whole scene where she, where Gravik and his his goons are are killing the the I don't know whatever they're supposed to be those guys that were formerly interrogating and that was that was also pretty I thought the action in that was filmed pretty well yeah like, and then having the contrast of her being so matter of fact and then like, these guys get getting wasted uh, he, like puts a guy on a meat hook too yeah. like <laughs> good old Leatherface style yeah yeah <laughs> but I I really enjoyed that and of course uh, then we have the scene where. Uh, Amelia Clark's character Gaia is is going through discovering these kind of secrets, trying to figure out what's going on here, um, and you have them getting in the car, saving the the guy, and being like, "Oh, you you didn't tell him anything. I only told him lies." And apparently, seeing through that uh, because they uh, pull him out and they yeah. take him out on take the side of the road, which is pretty uh, incredible, I guess. So you know, it's like they tortured him. He admitted it you have a hunch that he admitted it mm. and they uh waste him which was yeah. uh and i mean it's it it 
proved he knew what what Gravik was gonna do because he tells Olivia Coleman he's like Gravik's gonna kill me if I say anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not gonna get the chance, so you know, yeah. like, um, which yeah, I mean that did look like excruciating torture. Oh gosh, so. yeah, yeah, boil literally blood boiling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end, we Nick Fury has a wife. Yeah, who is a scroll? Who is a scroll? So is I don't. It didn't seem like Gravik was his kid in that first scene. No, I don't think so. But I was right about that. So yeah, but it's. I think it's. It's also unclear whether or not Nick Fury knows his wife is a scroll. Like I. I that last scene because you never. She's already transformed by the time he gets in there, and he doesn't say anything about it. She doesn't say anything about it. Right? How did we know she's a scroll? Because like when he's walking in, it shows her cutting vegetables, and she's in scroll form. But by the time okay. he sees her, she's transformed. All right. Let me. So I think I think that's purposefully to make it un make you unsure whether or not he knows that. Oh yeah, I see that now. Yeah. So. But I was right about it, Holden. Yeah. He's got a scroll <laughs> wife. Whether or not she was recently replaced or if he married a scroll on purpose, who knows? Oh, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was thinking. Could there be. we go. <laughs> I like that. Um, a little dramatic irony, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. I And yeah, graphic, the way the aging of the scrolls work that they've been talking about, I don't think it would work out that graphic would be his kid. Because like he's, I think the actor in the care. I mean, He's appearing like late twenties, early thirties, but when we see him in nineteen ninety seven, he's like a teenager, seemingly. Yeah. So yeah, it, they age slower than us. Yeah. All right, sweet. Uh, again, solid episode. Mm-hmm. Enjoying it so far. Four episodes left. Can they keep it going? Can they do the Andor thing? Where I'm like, oh, I oh, hope so. Still <laughs> being so good. Uh, maybe well, it could replace Loki, even as my favorite. MCU yeah, if it keeps going so this way, uh, and and depending on how Loki season two goes. Yeah. Um, but we'll see if yeah. they actually stick the landing this time too, because it's usually like the last episode yeah. that's the worst episode of these Marvel shows. And I mean, obviously, we have an Avengers movie called Secret War coming. So, mm-hmm. like, is something in this going to be like, oh, geez, what's going to happen? Um, but you wouldn't think it would be that big because we have so many movies coming out between now. And yeah, now. it's it's hard to tell how big of a role this will play because, like, I mean. We you see in the Marvels trailer like Nick Fury is still alive, <laughs> like, and so I don't know, I don't know exactly how it'll play into it. It seems like a big event for the world, but I don't know. Maybe that's maybe they're doing it as a series because it doesn't necessarily need to affect the movies. It like can just kind of be a Nick Fury story. I don't know. Sure, we'll see. I don't mm-hmm. know. Either way, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, yeah, even if it is this kind of more contained. Story. I think the performances have been great. I think the writing has been good. I think the yeah. action's been pretty good. The pacing's been pretty good. And let's keep it rolling. Yeah, agreed. All right, Holden, let's dive into our non-spoiler review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, starting right after this. All right. Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Again, this is our spoiler-free review, so if you have not seen it, you are safe. If you have seen it, you can still listen to this because it will be in a kind of extension of what we're going to talk about in uh, our spoiler conversation yes. coming afterwards. We don't we'll repeat some... our, our each. We don't repeat ourselves too much. No, we don't. We're, <laughs> this is more overarching thoughts, and then spoilers. We'll get down into the nitty gritty. But again, this is non-spoiler review 
Um, and we'll talk about that right now. Holden, I have the synopsis for this movie. It is Daredevil, archaeologist Indiana Jones, races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history. Accompanied by his goddaughter, he soon finds himself squaring off against Jürgen Voller, a former Nazi who works mm-hmm. for NASA. Uh-oh. What Whoa. is going on here? Holden, this movie is getting very mixed response from mm-hmm. critics and audiences alike. Yeah. Where do you fall on this spectrum and uh, why? I uh I don't really I'm not really on one side or the other because I'm I'm also kind of mixed. I think for me, it's probably I probably enjoy it a little more than Crystal Skull, but it it has a lot of different issues that I don't know how much better I'd say it is, if any. Like it's it's close to that level. It's not it's not it's not original trilogy Indiana Jones level. Um, it's it's definitely closer to Crystal Skull for me. That's where I'm at too, which which would have been much more of an insult. Mm-hmm. Like two weeks ago, before I rewatched Crystal Skull, and I'm like, you know, it's not that bad. There's yeah, a lot of redeeming awful. qualities to it. It's fine. That's where I'm kind of at with this one too. And you, like you said, the <laughs> some of the issues are pretty, you know, different mm-hmm. issues, uh, but similar stuff. Now, um, the beginning of the movie starts with this has been very publicized, but it starts with this kind of prologue where there's yeah. a lot of de aging. Um, and I thought, de aging aside. I thought that prologue was really great. Yeah, <laughs> I it's probably did. my favorite part of the movie. I would it, say so myself. It feels like it feels like classic Indiana Jones more so than the rest of the movie. It's kind of what you'd be expecting from a movie like this. Um, but yeah, it's it it is really just the de aging stuff that I think is is probably the worst part of that. And I don't it it they just they have not crossed that uncanny valley with that face yet. They have it's, not yet. But no. you. In order to get there, you do have to kind of push the limits no, of I the to- technology. I and I totally get that. I just I I I wish there was a way to go about it with so it wasn't like distracting. Like I don't like maybe just cast a younger actor for it or something. I Alden Ehrenreich. Like, yeah, bring in Alden Ehrenreich for that one Is it more distracting scene. to have Alden Ehrenreich do it than it is to have young Indiana Jones? No. I don't think so. For me, well, it's, I mean, look, the last crusade, I think it works flawlessly, but that's because River Phoenix nails it. Yeah. And River Phoenix is also playing like an age of the character we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. So I think the argument you could make for that, like the, the prologue for this is that he's an age closer to like last crusade. So if he was played by Alden Ehrenreich, it might be distracting, but I, I don't know. Uh, just every time I was looking at his face, I was just seeing the deep fake stuff. And like it was it was never quite there for me. I think I would have rather had a younger actor do it personally. It's hard to say. I my thing was, look, the de-aging is what it is. Mm-hmm. I just want to enjoy the sequence for what it is. And I yeah. thought it was a really enjoyable yeah, it was sequence. A fun sequence. I think the de-aging kind of looked it fell apart whenever it, he moved his head mm-hmm. or talked. Like if it was relatively still, it looked yeah, it wasn't good. too bad then. But like it's the you know the muscles in between your eyes and your cheeks and your mouth, like that kind of little triangle. That's like and just above your eyebrows and stuff. That's just there's so much nuance to that, and it doesn't even matter how much motion capture. There's still like this kind of smoothing. Yeah, you have to match the light. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. Um, I thought you know they they did a lot better with the eyes 
than they have in other things. Okay. And I think that's a big point. So I don't think it's like awful, but it if you know, like it's clear that it's been like it's CGI and mm-hmm. it's just not even close to being real. Like you said, uncanny Valley, but that, but- that whole sequence is a lot of fun whatever 20-ish minutes at the beginning of the movie. So and uh before we move off of it, we there was also we talked about after like the voice was also off. Yeah. You you thought maybe it was AI assisted a bit. And yeah, I think they had be. old Harrison Ford say it and mm-hmm. then adjust it with AI. Is would be my guess. Yeah. And honestly, I think more so than the deep fake, I think that's what pulled me out of it the most was the voice cuz it to me it sounded like old Indiana Jones voice coming out of young Indiana Jones body, but it also did sound off a bit, which I think was the AI. So that was whenever he talked, that was when I was taken out of it the most. Yeah. But. And that's also when the, the de-aging yeah. CGI itself kind of breaks down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the one thing I will say about the beginning, and I don't want to just be this guy, but it's too dark. It is like, <laughs> I don't understand why filmmakers feel the need to, it's not necessarily the darkness. It's there's just zero contrast. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not at the best movie theater of all time with the sharpest contrast projector or you're not OLED screen IMAX. or whatever, it's just it's hard to see what is happening some of the time, which is too bad. And I think even on a really good screen, it's a little hard to tell. And just mm-hmm. like I don't understand why this has become such a ubiquitous thing that cinematographers are like, well, now we can just film everything to capture. I get it. You want to capture as much detail as possible. But you literally can't see what's happening very well. You're not communicating to your audience what they need to know. And I just think that someone like, I don't know if Steven Spielberg has had this issue, kind of more recent films. But look, yeah, and, and you, I get that you're trying to mask CGI or whatever. Well, look, Jurassic Park had a nighttime sequence with CGI that was masked by the darkness, and it you can tell what's happening, and yeah. it looks great. Um, it's just like, because that scene has contrast. There mm-hmm. are edge, like things are edge lit. Nothing is edge lit at night anymore. It's just like, it's just, just one color. <laughs> and yeah, you want to hide the CGI, but look, just, yeah. just, do that. Didn't ruin the sequence for me. It's just like I'm I'm sick of it. Let's just just quit doing that. Just shoot it like you actually would if it was on film. Maybe we just need to force everybody to shoot night stuff on film. And then they have to just the do rest it. is digital, but they just shoot that yeah, part on film. Honestly, <laughs> just because I'm I'm done. I'm like, let's forget about it. And I think this is one of my again, this this opening sequence is great. I think that the actual dial of destiny which is, I did not realize what it was based on before the movie because they didn't say it, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it's based on an actual thing that I that I knew about beforehand, and I was kind of geeking out about it and Tom yeah. Holden about it, and we could talk about it in spoilers. But it's based on an actual thing, which is really cool, um, and I thought they, they did a lot of clever things with kind of the lore of that. Um, I thought that was really great. I, yeah. I liked that angle a bit, a lot, quite a bit. I really liked... Mads Mikkelsen's, he's the uh, the antagonist. I really liked his motivation. I thought they could have revealed that motivation earlier on so it was more concrete. I also I, feel like Mads Mikkelsen's character has a lot of screen time, but for whatever reason doesn't have... 
he doesn't do anything that really gives him presence. Mm. The people who are doing things are kind of the people around him. Yeah. I think he, the most presence he has is in that opening sequence. Yeah, I would say, and maybe towards the end, I just feel like he's kind of there a lot. And Mads Mikkelsen is great, and I just think he could have, they could have made him just a little bit more intimidating or ruthless or something, um, because he is just kind of too behind the scenes for me. Yeah. I for for me Mads Mickelson's character, I didn't run into the motivation thing personally cuz I thought his motivation was like incredibly obvious throughout the movie. I was like and granted a lot of that was guesswork on my part. It wasn't like revealed well, in the you movie. You have or an anything. idea, but it's like why are you holding it back? Yeah. You're basically holding it back for him to say, "Hey, Indiana Jones, this is my whole motivation the whole time at the climax of the movie." Mm-hmm. But yeah, he He's fun because it's Mad Mickelson, Mads Mickelson, and I mean he's he's great as a villain and everything. But as you said, he doesn't have a ton of presence throughout the movie. He's in it a ton, but he doesn't really do much. He just kind of says like vague threats for most of it. It like doesn't really, yeah, I don't know. He just needed a bit more to do than what he was given. It's yeah. kind of disappointing. And his character design is like identical to the one Nazi in Raiders of the Lost. Yeah, Ark. that okay. I noticed that too. Which is which like, is, what? We couldn't well, think of something else. <laughs> I don't know why they picked the same design. Maybe it's the same character. He just lived. He lived <laughs> past the face melting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's that. I think. Okay. I'll, I don't want to get to the ending yet. Be- and we're not going to talk about specifics because it's not spoilers. But uh, I think uh, one of the things that doesn't... Oh, okay, we should maybe talk about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character. Yeah. Uh, Helena... Helena Shaw. Helena Shaw. And um, I liked this. her character. I I liked her. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised at who she actually was as a character. I thought they mm-hmm. were going to be definitely going one way, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of... A different take that's kind of fun um yeah it's 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 not their dynamic is not dissimilar to mutt and indy in the previous movie but it it becomes more fleshed out and i think she's just more interesting because you don't know exactly where she's going and i think the way her character ends up is is fairly satisfying because it i mean she is kind of like a younger reflection of indy but not quite there's like a few things different about her that really irks Indy and everything and she kind of learns over the course of the movie that maybe she shouldn't be this way and so I think she's I think she's great yeah I it does feel like a missed opportunity to use short rounds though like doesn't it it's like you know I, I I don't mind Helena Shaw as a character I enjoyed her at times her chemistry with Indy was tall like fine i thought it was yeah it, was it wasn't great it like mm-hmm. it was you said it's the mutt williams level yeah. right like fine perfectly passable perfectly acceptable for this kind of movie but it's mm-hmm. not it's not short round it's not marion ravenwood kind of fun it's not sala mm-hmm. um who if you are who going is, to see this movie for this movie sala <laughs> he is basically everything that's in the trailer is almost the extent of what sala that's is in very movie, disappointing which is just borderline just false marketing because uh not he's like so highly like in the cast list too like i feel like he's like third or fourth build or something i'm like john reese davies yeah so i don't know who's also gimli in the lord of the rings Mm -hmm. movies the the dwarf yes the axe wielding dwarf 
um, which is fun. But um, yeah, but Marcus Brody and and just the the team of characters you have in the original uh, trilogy, it's just it's it's not it's not as fun as that. And and there is this little kid that tags along with Helena Shaw too, who's basically just short round, who basically is short round <laughs> for her for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, he was I liked him. Yeah, I I, I nice. you know I thought he was fun. And again, there were acceptable. Is there a missed opportunity that they could have gone to Kihoi Kwan, especially, you know, just winning an Oscar? That would have been really fun to have him back, have Sala in it. I understand you want to have a, a new generation mm-hmm. and all that. I I disagree with the people saying this is like a ta- pass the torch no. sort of thing. I like I did not get that sense at all. No, I mean personally I th- from this. I think I think you could make that argument more with Crystal Skull than this movie. Like, yes, like Crystal Skull felt like it was going maybe more in that direction. I know they make the joke at the end of the movie with like the Mott Williams picking up the hat and everything. But this movie, yeah, no, I just it felt like Helena. I mean, I'm sure she'll go off and do other adventures, maybe. But also at the same time, like she's just been like particularly obsessed with like this one item. So who knows if she even will. Um, But who cares? Because it's it's just Indy's story. So. (laughs) <laughs> I will say, if you uh, really are fond of the way Kingdom of the Crystal Skull ends, this movie might not be the movie for you, because uh, they uh, they don't uh, maybe some, they does not it has a they rise yeah. a Skywalker at a bit. yeah they rise a Skywalker <laughs> the last Jedi you know a little bit so just a little bit not without, as bad as we'll this talk too, about it spoiler may I don't know maybe just, <laughs> I don't it's pretty comparable. well it's 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 like. There's like there's like two big things that messes. I feel like Rise of Skywalker just like deletes everything about Last yeah. Jedi. This it's not quite on that level. It, but. it it deletes kind of like where characters ends end up, mm-hmm. but it doesn't delete the themes. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. last one. Yeah, um, that are critical to the <laughs> what they was established, <laughs> which is hilarious, uh, and just goes to show that the Rise of Skywalker is just Pretty such bad. a disappointment. Um, I, I think something else we should mention is the we talked about it after the movie is the, the action in this movie in That's general. About, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, not great. It, this movie doesn't, it's it, not bad. It's just, yeah, it's generic. For it the most feels part. generic it, it, outside of that prologue sequence. Yeah. The prologue which, is still fun. Like, like, I, that, that, <laughs> I'm like what is happening? It, 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 it feels so disconnected. Cause I, I mean, like I said before, the first 30 minutes feels like an Indiana Jones movie, but after that it just doesn't. And, you know, to an extent, I know James Mangold, obviously different than Steven Spielberg. So put your own mark on it. It doesn't necessarily have to feel just like the other movies, but it also doesn't feel like a James Mangold movie. It like <laughs> I didn't get the sense that this like had any real like personality to it, whether it be from the the series prior or the new director, the new vision. It just felt like a generic adventure movie that Disney wanted to make and then slapped Indiana Jones kind of on top in a lot of ways. Yeah, so one of the things I want to talk about is in the original movies, like I'm, I'm working on a, a video essay for right now for the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and it's just relentless things happening. Like it's Indiana Jones kind of reacting to a situation with a plan that's like a solid plan and then something else happens and something else happens and he has to keep adapting and adapting and adapting to what's Mm -hmm. happening where this is just like things are just kind of happening and it doesn't feel like there's a ton of agency going on and there's just nothing that interesting that we haven't really seen before um you know there's a couple fun little moments but 
in in the other ones, it's literally like just things one after another. Things just key moments keep happening, and, and there's there's a like a chase sequence in this. I could not tell you like more than one thing that happened in this like ten minute chase sequence. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the things. Like even with Crystal Skull, pretty much all of the action in those first four movies, you can tell what's happening at any given time. Steven Spielberg, it's. It's not like long takes or anything necessarily, but the shots are at least long enough and wide enough that you can like see what's happening. And like, it's very clear. Yeah. You have a clear like, sense of the geography, what the characters yeah. are doing. Yeah. But in this movie, it, it feels much more modern. And even, even then, like I would argue like <laughs> it's like, but modern, but like pre the, like this Renaissance that yeah. we have of like the Hong Kong. Yeah. This arts. is it's, it's like late, 2000s early 2010s more style where it's it's very like it's all filmed so close like to the characters faces and the camera's just shaking a lot it's not born like not quite that bad no it's it's not batman begins where it's like what is what is this yeah but it's somewhere in between those and it's just not as good Mm -hmm. and it makes me like Here's the thing that kind of is interesting for this movie, for me, especially after knowing that James Mangold was going to make it, is I really actually like a lot of the beats of the story. Mm-hmm. And I like the, a lot of the ideas in it. Yeah. It's just simply like the execution of these different ideas that kind of fall flat to me. Just yeah. They lack the color of and the mastery of Steven Spielberg-directed movie even like his you know even kingdom of the crystal skull which doesn't have as much as those original films in, mm-hmm. in terms of that creativity and the visual storytelling you can still tell what's happening yeah and this one it's just you it's hard to see what's going on there isn't as much of the visual storytelling the environmental storytelling mm-hmm. the the storytelling without the dialogue and I just think that's that's really too bad because I think the bones are here for a really good Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Um, I think you, again, I think there are ways you could have gone with certain characters to, to make it even more interesting or just more exciting for the fans to anticipate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, less Disney-fied, if you will. And I just, it's too, it's too bad because uh, you, would, you would think James Mangold would have made a, better movie but again it's not bad no i wouldn't say it's bad at all it's just kind of the level of fine acceptable yeah i ultimately it's it's weird that i'm hoping this i'm hoping that the problems of this i guess are more like studio interference things because i every other james mangold movie i've seen i've really liked so i'm i'm hoping it's like not his vision or anything and maybe it's more like disney I mean, if you've seen the budget for this, it's like $300 million or like close to that without even marketing. So, you know, maybe it went over budget or something and they had to make some concessions and stuff. And so I'm hoping it's not like him and it's just Disney, but also, and it just sucks if that's the case because that means that Disney kind of made this very bland, safe adventure movie that doesn't really have the, the, style and and balls quite frankly of other well, indie I, movies. I wouldn't say that it's completely like i think from like a you tell me the premise it seems pretty safe but there are decisions and you're like whoa yeah no that's a big risk to do this yes like, there's <laughs> specifically like one big thing that's very very interesting i'm guessing incredibly divisive yeah i think that's like the big 
Um, it's it's a it's a crystal skull has aliens kind of kind of thing kind of thing. But that that actually, I mean, we talked I'm about fine with that. I, the crystal skull thing worked so much better for me rewatching I, it. And I yeah, I don't. I think the I, ending we, of Crystal Skull works better than the ending of this for me. But it's not necessarily the idea of what happens. It's more of like how that idea was actually executed. Yeah. And you have some really weird exchanges between characters at the end of this movie where I'm like, what, what is happening? Like, why does this character want to do this? Why is this, exactly and why is this argument about. going on for so long? And, and then the way it resolves, and I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> what the it's heck? kind of a lame way to to end the climax of the movie, but yeah, no, I Crystal Skull's aliens. I think we mentioned last week. It it's never bothered me. I mean, the world is full of supernatural things, but this is like it, mo- it might be the most like scientifically <laughs> accurate, plausible Indiana Jones movie. Could this you? one, no, Kingdom of oh, the Crystal Skull. Yeah, probably. Right, I, I mean, like so. aliens have to be more likely than the than Holy ghosts. Grail and <laughs> and things coming out of the Ark of the Covenant and the Kalima. Yeah, no, I'd probably agree with that, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> I I was anti aliens when it came out. I was like aliens, what the heck? What were they thinking? Yeah, no, that's out, out of all the things they do weird in that movie. I don't understand that criticism. I think people just like to flock to that because they maybe they just don't like the movie in general, and then like oh, it's yeah. they got aliens, but. Um, yeah, this for me, the thing I didn't like about this movie was we talked about just the lack of clarity in the action and the creativity. Just there wasn't as much as it could have been. And it's too bad because mm-hmm. there are four people wrote this. <laughs> and again, a lot of it's really good on paper. It's just like we could have just gotten that one extra level. And then maybe it was it a time thing or like Disney's like, you got to get this out by this time. And we're at $300 I mean, million movie, and you can't spend more than that. This movie did get delayed like by like two years. Yeah, like I, I think just, that I think it, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for it, but with all the delays and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if the production was a little troubled and with COVID and whatnot, like, just can't believe there's a 300 million yeah, dollar it doesn't movie. look like, like it, it does not look good enough no. like if this was a star wars movie they would say this does not look good enough no i think like because there's every star wars movie looks better well i mean sequel era yeah disney yeah, star wars no, movie looks better than this movie mm-hmm. um from like a probably just a has CGI. a lower budget yeah probably other than maybe solo which that balloon yeah they had to redo everything um, but look, I had plenty of enjoyment with this, particularly with the prologue, which I just, cause people were complaining about de-aging. I kind of just assumed people didn't like the prologue, but uh, yeah, I kind of thought great. that too. I th- it's, it's overall great, great though. Very um, fun. I, if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of surprised Disney allowed like the swastika in their movie. <laughs> I was, cause I know there's like, a, there's a whole, like, I, I, there's a thing with like certain movies like this where, and it might be Disney that I'm thinking of where like, if there's Nazis in the movie, they just won't show the swastika because of the imagery and everything. But it was, it was here. So they already set the precedent. Yeah. The other Indiana Jones movies. It'd be weird. It would be weird not to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that the beginning is really fun. Exhilarating. Um, I don't hate the idea of the, the way it ends as much as a lot of people do probably do i'm guessing just the execution of it 
there are other sequences. I'm like, that would have been really cool if you just made a couple tweaks and maybe mm-hmm. this is the way it was on paper and they just couldn't quite, they didn't quite have what they needed in order to edit it that way. Um, of course, John Williams' score is really good. Yeah, it's really good. It complements the movie really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if, if there's anything left to really say. Mads Mikkelsen has these henchmen that are just there, I guess. Yeah. They, they, the one's played by Boyd Hallbrook, who's like the main henchman in Logan. And he's real. I, I think he's a really good actor in everything I've seen him in, but I think he's kind of underutilized. He's really good. Uh, He has like a fun personality when he plays villainous characters that I just don't think he was able to use outside of like the parade scene and stuff towards the beginning. Otherwise he's just kind of underutilized, but not, not enough booby traps. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Not enough. There was like two. (laughs) Not enough tombs and booby traps. And there is, I think, one relatively decent booby trap towards the end, Mm -hmm. you know. But just like it it was too much like just out in the uh, out in society, Indiana Jones, and not enough in the wilderness or in these temples or whatever, exploring Indiana Jones. The two, two of the big action sequences of like the main chunk of the movie are just like car chases. I'm like, it's just boring and they go on too long. So like, yeah, just doesn't feel very Indiana Jones. All right. Uh, anything else we should really say before we kind of give our closing thoughts on our non-spoiler review here and dive into spoilers? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, so who's this movie for? Obviously, if you really like Indiana Jones, you're going to see this movie. You probably already have at this point. We were in a theater full of a bunch of old people. That were in there. <laughs> there were two kids, I think, out of like yeah. 30 people, <laughs> 40 people. It was just a bunch of people that were, that were there to see sexy old man Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a little maybe too much Harrison Ford that I didn't need to see, honestly, in parts <laughs> yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Um, but if you really like Indiana Jones, go see this. If you don't care, I don't I don't know if you're going to really like it that much. I don't know if there's that much there for general audiences. Mm-hmm. It is a two-hour, 20-minute movie. Yeah, it's the longest one. Um, if you are like diehard trilogy, like original trilogy, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not even worth talking about at all. Maybe you don't want to see this. Yeah, I, I'm personally, I think it's a little bit better than Crystal Skull. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess we didn't even mention like Harrison Ford is good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he slips into the role really well. And I mean, he clearly loves Indiana Jones quite a bit. So he's he, unlike Han Solo. He's he's given it his all. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, I probably rating for me. I'm at like a like a six out of ten, I think. It's good, but not great. Yeah, it's too bad because like you get Indiana Jones, James Mangold, and a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie on paper. I'm like, heck yeah, I, let's do it, and it just doesn't quite live up to that potential for me. Yeah, and I, I I don't think I don't think this played into it, but in into my you know rating or anything. But part of me was hoping that you know like he he ended Logan on like such a good note for that like beloved character, and I was kind of hoping like. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily need Indiana Jones to die at the end of this or anything, but you know, it's a, like a nice fitting ending for that this character as well. And I don't think it was as solid as that movie in that regard. But um, yeah, but still, it's you know, it's good. All right, there you go. We're gonna dive into spoilers right now. So if you don't want to have it spoiled, use those time codes. 
down in the description to skip to What Are You Doing, which is our final segment of the show. Otherwise, spoilers are coming at you right now. Holden, spoilers for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Here's the big thing that was disappointing. No Paramount logo match cut at the beginning of the movie. Oh. They did it with Lucasfilm, kind of. Whereas Lucasfilm, you know, every other movie, every I was like, I wonder how they're going to do it. Paramount, obviously, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, cuts to the mountain. Mm -hmm. Second one cuts to the gong with the mountain emblem. Third one, it's like a rock formation in Utah. Fourth one, it's the little, like, beaver thing or groundhog thing. Beaver, Beaver, not beaver. beaver Ground, ground, prairie dog, prairie dog, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, and then this one, they had the Paramount logo, and then it like faded to black. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And then it showed like Lucasfilm, and then Lucasfilm logo kind of rectangular, and then it cuts to the opening shot, and it's like this the lock on this like truck or whatever Indiana oh, Jones yeah, yeah. is being moved in. I'm like, that's not as exciting. Rectangle, <laughs> that's not as exciting. Um, Bro, huge disappointment. Of, Zero out that. of ten. I was kind of surprised that this is technically a co-production between Disney and Paramount. Well, Paramount's probably got to own some sort of yeah. distribution rights, I would imagine, Street. still. Or they have some sort of deal. I, don't know. I was just surprised to see both those logos. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. The, seeing the Disney logo at the beginning of an Indiana Jones film felt really weird. Because <laughs> they don't do that at Star Wars, right? They do that at the end. Yeah, I think you're right. That was weird, seeing the Disney logo. I don't, that was, I don't know. Didn't change my opinion of it. Well, Star Wars, it's so iconic just to start with Lucasfilm and then go right into it. Well, they've done 20th Century Fox. Have they? Yeah. Yeah, I know what 20th Century Fox is. All right. uh, Holden. Okay, let's just talk about that opening sequence. One of the things I really liked, and I told you, I talked to you about it afterwards, was the moment that Indiana Jones, so he's like dressed up as like the one officer or whatever. Yeah. And he gets in the car and he's about to drive. And then the two other Nazi guys get into get it. I'm like that is a perfect Indiana Jones moment where he's got to pretend and he's driving them. That's great. It's the comedy. It's got the suspense. You know that it's something's going to happen at some point. That was great. It's it's funny because like the day before I had watched the new episode of It's Always Sunny and like like that exact same thing happens in that oh, new that's episode. Funny. So yeah, um, it's not Nazis in that though. So. Okay, that's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I want to see Danny DeVito punching some Nazi guys. <laughs> Take this, Nazis. Um, uh, but I thought a lot of it uh, was really fun. Obviously, the Nazis very well known for t- stealing artifacts during world war two and, mm-hmm. and kind of Hitler you having these prized possessions and, and wanting them all to himself. So I thought that was how a much, very natural thing to include here, him trying how, to get back yeah. these artifacts and how much they've stolen. They just have that train car just full of all these like gold and various trinkets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's good start- old Ramsey's the second name drop. Yeah. It starts out and there's the, there's like the, spear or whatever it's like the lance of something and it it, it, whatever they they said it was punctured christ or something yeah it drew drew blood from christ is what they said and so that starts out and it's like it kind of seems like for the first bit that's going to be like the MacGuffin at least for this scene but then it's like oh wait this is actually a fake which (laughs) was a a great little twist it almost Mm -hmm. felt like a little nod just like a very slight nod to the the ming kind of dynasty 
ceramic jar or vase or whatever breaking on Indy's head in Last Crusade and how that was a fake. It's like, oh, it's a fake. And I like how they realized it at the same time. Kind of mm-hmm. him and uh, what's his name? Jurgen. Jurgen. What is he? Jürgen he Fuller. goes Dr. Schmidt or whatever. Yeah, he goes by Dr. Schmidt. Yeah. All right. Um, so isn't it Elsa Schmidt in the third one? Schneider. Schneider. Dang it. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Schmidt, Schneider, whatever. Um, so I thought that was really fun. Uh, and just like, obviously, I'm a sucker for train sequences. Mm. Like the train sequence, it's fun to have them on a roof. It's fun to have, uh, what's his name, Toby Jones? Is that the actor? Yeah, Toby Jones. Playing the the de- the one, whatever, his friend. Uh, kind of being bumbling around, kind of incompetent. A Marcus Brody type. Marcus almost. Brody's <laughs> type, yeah. It was fun to have him mm-hmm. uh, be involved in that and, uh, you know, accidentally shooting Indy and all that. Yeah. Um, I really liked a lot of that, even the scene inside the the one, uh, was it, castle or whatever it is, where he's kind of being hung and then all the Nazis blow up and he's got to get out of there or yeah. whatever. It's a lot of fun to be had. The bomb dropping there. in there. Yeah. Yeah. That felt... Like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I, like, all of that felt great and felt on. Uh, Matt Mickelson took a just oh a my guard to the was, face. Jesus. Like, how is that man not dead? Well, yeah, first of all, how is he not dead? But, like, the most he has when he's in the future is, like, a slight scar. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a little thing on his forehead. That's, like, it. That guy's looking like Snoke. Yeah. <laughs> he lives through that. Like, what I the I couldn't believe how hard he took that. That was Hilarious. Insane. Also, just the the best act, like best violent thing that happened in the movie by far. Yeah, I thought was this hilarious. was funny because we talked about it last week. How nobody just kind of gets shot in the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, all the all the major in villains, all the heavies, and even just a lot of the random henchmen. They 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 die in weird horrific ways. Whether it be crushed in a rock crusher, you know. Melt, faces melted off or there's just so many ways and not not getting a ton ripped of apart by shooting. crocodiles yeah turning old getting run over by cars you know there's just a lot that happens tanks and guys. all that yeah and but there's a lot of people who just get shot in this very disappointing yeah and then freaking okay first off what's the guy's name the actor the head the oh boyd holbrook boyd holbrook he just dies in the same Plane crash where Madden's Mickelson dies. Yeah, which is like a that in of its that in itself is anticlimactic that they just die in a plane crash. Mm -hmm. It's it's easily like the most boring main villain death of the whole series. Not even close. Yeah, (laughs) and and then they die at the same time. You couldn't. You honestly couldn't think of a sequence where he dies separately. Yeah. Um, weird. Uh, but we we'll go back to the ending later. Yeah. Um, I thought just. Everything was fun with the prologue. I the, m- easily the most enjoyable part of the movie, the most Indiana Jones feeling part of the movie. Yep. And then we get to the present day, and he's just grumpy old man <laughs> Indiana Jones knocking <laughs> on his like, neighbors with his turn your music out. down. <laughs> and and I just was like, I, this is just all not as interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like the grumpy old man trope has been played. Like, can we do anything? else with this i like i don't know i just well we should talk about mutt is just dead <laughs> yeah mutt's dead that's that's like the big thing that i, I is like kind of rise of skywalker in this movie is just mutt's dead which i don't i don't know how much of that was a response to people not liking like 
uh, Mutt's character in the last movie. So they wrote him out or just Shia LaBeouf not wanting to come back or that. I don't know. But I also am like, like do they really need to kill him. Like he could just not be in the movie. And then there he's getting divorced with Marion Ravenwood. No, I don't want to just be all this, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, mm-hmm. but I feel like this movie would have had more heart if it was, Hey, look, you, if you want to go the Mutt Williams died route, mm-hmm. how about Marion is like Indy. There's this artifact that exists that can help us go back in time and we can save our son. Yeah. How about that? That'd that be, sounds like a good <laughs> movie to me. That'd be kind of interesting. And then you already have, because it's like, okay, Disney, we need a strong female character present. Okay, Marion Ravenwood's awesome. Yeah. She's established. She exists already. The actress clearly doesn't mind coming back to play her. Mm-hmm. And then you have Indy, and they have these relationship problems. Maybe they are, but then it's like this came up, or or Indy maybe uses this as, hey, maybe I can get Marion back by looking for this artifact. Turns out the Nazis are also going after this thing or whatever, as they always do in the chase or and even that. And so it's like just already more just agency Mm -hmm. than, oh, I want to get it to sell it. Yeah. But then I also memorized all my dad's stuff and all this, you know, whatever. It's just like then you don't have to invent two new characters and have all this stuff, and like, where was this all beforehand? And again, that's not like a deal breaker for me. I just feel like this was a more, this could have been a more natural way to do it. And then you have Sala come along. Yeah, have Sala come along. Just when Sala's like, I got another ticket for myself, or whatever he says, he's like, Sala, no, you can't. You can't come with. I was like, what the heck? Why? (laughs) Just say, like, just drop him off and say, good luck. And he don't say, oh, I'm going to come along and then say, no, that's just a tease at that point. Like, what the heck? It's so um, rude. It's not going to be an adventure. Like, what? What are you talking about? Of course it is. It's an Indiana Jones. You're Indiana <laughs> Jones. Come on. We don't need to be. Indiana Jones. It's not like it's like the most grounded thing. Mm. I don't know. I, I, yeah. It just, I felt like there was. It was like too weighty for an Indiana Jones movie at times. Yeah, it's like it my was, son's dead and I got a divorce and this yeah. goddaughter <laughs> only wants to sell it for things and my neighbors are too loud and I'm retiring and now I, you know. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, any of those emotional moments, it's not that's not really something you get too much in the other movies, and so it, it feels out of place. Like it's it's just kind of sad when he shows up to his like retirement party and he just seems like depressed and like unhappy while everyone's like celebrating around him. And then he gives away the clock and I don't know. And then, yeah, of course the whole stuff with the sun and everything, it, it, it feels a bit too much for the series that is typically not too heavy in that kind of way. It's just like, you know, I, I don't hate it. It's just like, I think there was better stuff like more satisfying to watch stuff out there. Cause right. Indiana Jones is all about escapism Mm -hmm. and all this, and this magic and just pulpy fun. And they're just, there were pieces. It's like, it's in there. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the ideas I really like, but uh, I just thought that was a missed opportunity. And I thought it could have just, if they were going for heart, I think that was a more natural way to do it. And you could get short round back Mm -hmm. and Kihuacan And you could introduce younger characters if you want. Maybe I, I heard someone bring up the idea of um, Helena Shaw being Mutt's, like being his daughter-in-law. You know, like oh, yeah. relate, you know, like maybe she resents him, but now she's going to come on to this journey, so maybe she can bring her husband back. You know, 
all these things. And then you could even go back in time and have a nice touching moment. Yeah. With Shia LaBeouf's Shia character. Shia like LaBeouf you could that. even do that. Um, and then for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. And then that's where like this, you know, this natural stuff happens. And I feel like a lot of like the heavy stuff was just kind of the, the dressing to everything and not actually like the meat on the plate. Like I didn't really feel this stuff because we didn't, it just all happened off screen mm-hmm. and it's like, and it was all conveyed a lot of the heavy stuff. It was, it was like certain just chunks of the movie. It felt like, okay, now this is a heavy scene. Let's just get a lot of this out there and then get back to our, our usual hijinks. And it was just like kind of inconsistent in that way. And it wasn't delivered very naturally. Yeah. Um, and then I just thought that it could have been a way that the movie was more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Other things to talk about. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen blows off the president thing. I don't, I don't care if the, I have a seam in my whatever, a wrinkle in my suit. Like, who cares? And yeah. All that. I, what did you think about the chase in New York City during it's, the it's okay. moon day or whatever they call it? Space day. Or whatever. I couldn't. It looked very fake to me, but it looked fake to me too. It looked like a video game. Yeah. I well, I'm sure a lot of it was like actually extras in there, but yeah. I don't know. It it just looked I don't know. Yeah, it it it, it was I, I don't want to claim that like it was all fake or anything, and maybe a lot of it was real, but it just like the way it was shot, it 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 just didn't look very good. Yeah, I just was like, I don't know. It, it just needed something. It just needed something more interesting, like mm. just a little bit more, like pans of the camera and 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 distractions and you know, it's the way Spielberg like, I don't know. It's hard to it's pick an exact moment, like, but Indiana Jones will grab somebody, push them against the, you know, like the camera moves with him. It's just like it feels like okay, here's the shot. And then here's the shot, and then here's the shot, and and maybe you're limited because Indiana Jones is or Harrison Ford's an old guy, mm-hmm. and and I almost give them the benefit of the doubt that like, you know how much can you actually do with this old man? And he seems to be doing a lot of it. Like, he, I think he insisted. That yeah, he that he was a doing a lot of it. So maybe that maybe they were planning on doing something else, but and that way I think I think Indy in general just moves and looks better than in Crystal Skull because it is mostly him and it feels more like an old man doing it than like an old man with a stunt double doing it like mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, but I think one of the, the problems with that parade scene and it kind of goes I th- it maybe to a lesser extent with some of the other action scenes is it just doesn't feel like it makes the full use of its setting. Like it just kind of feels like it's a chase down a street and there happens to be confetti everywhere. Like yeah. it doesn't really feel like it needs to be a parade. Like it's just kind of adds to the visuals, I guess, but like it doesn't really affect the chase that much. And then you have the moment where he's riding in the subway, you know, riding the horse under down in mm. the subway. And I just like, I did not feel any tension in that. Like it kind of just, everything just kind of goes the way you would think it would go. Yeah. And I think that's the problem because in the other Indiana Jones movies, it's like things, they try to do the thing that you would think they would do. And then something else goes wrong or there's another hurdle that comes up. And I just feel like there weren't those subversions of expectations that make those other action sequences exciting in the other films. Or it's like, 
oh my gosh, you know, um, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, Satipo didn't throw me the whip. I got to jump across. I grab this. I'm pulling myself up. And then the vine, you know, starts coming out yeah. and the door's coming down. He gets in and then he makes it through the door and he grabs his whip and, oh, okay, he made it. Oh, now the boulder's the boulder. coming down, you know, and then he gets out of the boulder. It's like, okay, he made it. Oh, now Belloc's here mm-hmm. and he's got all the, the native people here. You know, it's like, it, it, there's always these one more thing coming at you. And for this, it's like, okay, there's this train. All right, there's the opening. I got to make it to the other side. Oh, I did. Now there's a train behind me. I just got to go to the, this up here. <laughs> and I did. And I just like, I, it, I don't, it just was like, there's, there was no tension or suspense or excitement for me in that. Cause I just knew exactly how it was going to play out. And I mm. felt like the car chase stuff of what you could actually tell was happening Felt very similar, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with with the, the, that New York chase. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, going back to Mads Mikkelsen a bit, I th- one of the things that bothered me about his character that, and, and maybe this is it's pure expectations, but I just feel like it was like missed opportunities that they didn't do more with him being a Nazi working on the space program. I just feel like that didn't really like. That was such a cool selling point for me on this character when I heard about it and like kind of in the trailers, like the idea of this. And, you know, I mean, we we have had Germans, you know, work on it, like back then work on our very Werner programs. von Braun. Yeah. Is his name. Um, so I think that's like an interesting thing to explore and see how that comes into play. But it doesn't really affect the movie at all. It's just uh, I mean, it wouldn't be much different than, oh, he's a Nazi that's still alive and wants to go after this like aside from maybe the very beginning of the movie, like it or post the prologue, it just doesn't really come into play. Yeah. Well, it seemed like the only thing that really came into play for is he was getting assistance by the CIA, CIA to go after this uh, artifact. Yeah. Of Destiny because they're trying to like appease him because he helped out so much with the space program. But that that's it. I right? There's yeah, nothing but then, else. But then like halfway through the movie that just isn't in play anymore. Cause he essentially goes rogue. Yeah. Like it. So that, that was basically what I was talking about. That's like the only thing it really affects. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, and granted, I don't know how much you could do with that in an Indiana Jones movie. Cause it, I mean, it's, you know, science and space and kind of feels out of place, but, um, I don't know. It just feels like wasted potential there. I think, again, I agree that how much do you actually do with that? I don't know. It would have been, and I don't need the government involved in this. It would have yeah, been yeah. more interesting to me if you like saw him at NASA mm-hmm. in a scene yeah. and he's kind of blended in to the environment. So he's kind of, you know, hearing things about like, you know, integration or whatever. It's not, you know, he's kind of like, uh, know and he kind of puts on a face and you can tell he's in disguise like that might have been a nice kind of expository thing you could have done with him Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you need much more than that and that's just cool kind of background context for the character um i don't yeah i just i just think it would have been cool if he did more of the things like did he really need it would have been cool i don't think it would have been cooler if he just went solo on things or just had like you know he had his henchmen but his henchmen just didn't like you had the one guy who was just trigger happy, and then you mm-hmm. had the other really big just guy. Just a big guy. Just the the token huge in the heavy. guy that you're just waiting for Indiana Jones to beat up, which he doesn't. Which okay, cool subversion of expectations that the kid is the one who's going to take him down. But again, when I'm talking about like it just happens also easily. Like he mm-hmm. goes in the water. They got the handcuff. Okay, he's got to get him unhandcuffed. 
He does, and then he handcuffs him to the thing, and it's and done. Yeah, and that's and it. Like, there's no struggle. There's no like chance that the kid's gonna drown. There's no, like no worry about that. Just and happens. I just I was waiting when he popped up. I was waiting for this guy to break free because that is in an Indiana Jones movie. That's what you would think would happen. Also, it's just not like, just gonna go according to plan. The great looked so rusted and like weak. Like he probably could have yeah. just pulled it. The guy's he, he just pulled. Okay, now there's something else, and he's got to think of a different solution to this. And that's that's where the fun comes in, and it's just like, nope, that's it. It's gone. He's done. He died. Just very antically. Like, you know, they don't even, like, show him, like, really drowning or anything. No. Like, again, it's very it's Disney-fied, you know, stuff, which the, the Spielberg films, they, you know, they show the guy getting eaten <laughs> by ants. They show, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Mularam. Mularam. Mularam hitting his head on the side and getting <laughs> eaten apart by the crocodiles and the guy burning as he goes down into the lava. Mm. You know, it's just, they, they Disney-fied it, which is, uh, it's too bad. It's just a missed opportunity. We um, want more violence. I do want to talk about the the Antikythera or Antikythera oh, or whatever yeah, they yeah. said in this movie, which is an actual artifact that I knew about beforehand. So when they said Antikythera, I was like, Holden, I was like, geek it out. Like, Holden, that's an actual artifact. They found it in, like, they found it in a shipwreck off the Aegean coast on Greece. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> and so when they, and then they, when they brought it up, and and later on, and and what I knew about it is like they essentially have described it as like an ancient computer, and we're not exactly sure what it was used for because, like we said, we only have about you know a certain amount of it uh, intact. Uh, so that was again based on reality. And uh, they think it was for, like, alignment of planets and stuff, predicting that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so the fact that it was, like, time travel and you have this, you know, it's a thousand years ahead of its time. It's kind of the thing. Like, how did this happen? It's one of the great mysteries of archaeology. So I thought that was super, super cool to integrate that. And I mm-hmm. love the idea of it and, like, the detecting fissures in time and whatever. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I, I thought that was awesome. In general, this movie was like a wet dream for Jimmy because it's all like Roman and Greek history. <laughs> yeah, and- <laughs> I was like, heck yeah, let's go. I literally thought the other day, I'm like, they need to do more Rome stuff with uh, with Indiana Jones. And well, boy, did I get my wish. Huh? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I thought the, the idea of the Antikythera mechanism being the dial of destiny in this thing was really, really cool especially since it's based on a real thing. Now, the real thing is not in nearly as good shape as the thing in this movie was because mm-hmm. it is all corroded from the ocean water of and course, whatnot. As it would be. One thing that I thought was not made clear, and we talked about this afterward, was so they said the Antikythera mechanism has been split into two parts, and I was under the impression that, you know, having known about it, so that might have played into it, that uh, the one Indiana Jones had was the part not found in the ocean. Mm. Like the one the Nazis had was not the one found in the ocean. It was the other half. But then later on, they said half of it was found in the ocean in 1908 or whatever year it was. And I'm like, well, if they found it in the ocean, why don't they they know where the two parts... It's gonna They have to go to like some museum to steal it or something, which would kind of be funny that Indiana Jones has to steal something from a museum. That would actually be kind <laughs> of a clever kind of bit. I didn't think about that. I should have wrote this movie, Olden. Right. Um, there's a booby traps in the museum. <laughs> He's like, that's not what the Ark of the Covenant looks like. You know, like some diorama. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought that's what I was well, 
that's how it was going to go. But it wasn't until later on that I'm like, oh, the piece they have is the 1908 yeah, it, shipwreck. It one. was very unclear. They they didn't. But they have to go back to the shipwreck to get, to get the, the map, map to the thing. other the other half anyway. Which is <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's. It's weird because they don't make that very clear, at least when I I mean, maybe other people picked up on that easier than us, but neither of us really understood which half it was that they had. And then, yeah, I just thought it was I I was confused when I was like, oh, where's where is the other half at any given point? But yeah, I don't know. Then they had to go back for the map. So, yeah, whatever. Um, the, what the scuba scene? Um, yeah. With Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Puss in Boots. He just sounds like Puss in Boots now to me. <laughs> I've seen that new movie so many times that that's just all I hear. Um, I, uh, that was him as a character I thought was fine. I, I brought up the idea that maybe they could have got brought back the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. But, yeah, the ship captain know, there. Um, you know, he's such a minor character that I'd, I'm fine with it being a new character who's a friend or whatever. Um, and then he gets, or killed. maybe that's how you could have brought up Sala. You know, yeah, maybe back. he's like, hey, Indy, I have this boat. You want to scuba dive? I don't know anything about scuba diving. It's to make a makeshift thing or whatever. Um, and then they, they go down. I, I really liked the idea of this sequence. I love the eel bit mm-hmm. and the, how that kind of like snakes. All eels, they look like don't snakes. Don't say that. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Don't say that. That was funny. Um, there were a few moments that I did think were funny in this. I can't remember all of them. There, I kind of yeah. had a little chuckle. Um but I just like I want again couldn't tell what was happening a lot yeah. of the time based on what like things going in. it's just really dark underwater again it doesn't have to look realistic to me like it can look you know like a movie you know so I can tell what's happening like it's okay if you shot this on a set and I can tell it's not realistic it's Indiana Jones all right um it's not Avatar way of water well, Avatar, you can freaking yeah, see yeah. what's going on. It's true. Um, this you just can't. And you would think James Cameron would be a stickler for that because he's a big ocean guy, but uh, mm. no. Uh, so, again, there, like, there could have been a lot more tension here, and you have the Nazis coming, and, oh, boy, what's going to happen? And they, like, cut the the oxygen of like one guy or the rope or whatever it was yeah, or both. But then they don't cut the, the oxygen of the others. It's and so they weird. give it like, you have to be back in three minutes, but it was like, didn't really have a sense for what the time was. The, the time limit really didn't factor into the tension of the scene at all. It was just arbitrary. <laughs> Phoebe Waller bridge is Helena Shaw. She's got the, the thing that she wants. And she's like, Oh, do I go back to save Indy mm-hmm. and all that? But that decision happens in like three seconds and there's really no tension there. So it doesn't feel very satisfying. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the partially the scene could be fixed by just the time limit being longer. Like, I don't know, spending more time underwater, like, if you have it be five minutes or like even just five minutes, then you can spend more time underwater than, um, you Again, can maybe they're trying to be like, so realistic, like this is actually three minutes. Yeah. So it's that three minutes that could it. be, but then you could have like Helena, maybe have more of a moment of, you know, trying to do in a double take, trying to figure out if she wants to go back for him or not. And I don't know, trying to condense everything into three minutes, I think might be to the detriment of it. And we can also do it for longer than three minutes. 
Jones. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but like the doors closing in all the Spielberg Indiana Jones movies, I swear they get to the same point like yeah. six times no, before that, they actually close. It's called like a, I, I think that that's literally called like a Spielberg minute or Spielberg moment or something like that. It is, it's like, it's like his Spielberg time in, interpolation or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't. I the don't suspense think of the moment. It's like it's like you see your life flash before your eyes, right? The suspense of the moment slows down time, your perception of it, right? So the actual time uh, that we're seeing it through their perception of time rather than actual time. Yeah, and that's how you could get away. With I don't it. think it's necessarily a strategy he invented, but it is. He popularized it in a lot of his in his more action focused movies, and I I always think of like the the rock crusher scene in the second movie where they're fighting on top of it. He's just like, he's almost always like right next to it. Like, Indy's almost going into the rock crusher and, but then he's, he's fine in the next shot and whatever. And yeah, it's kind of or those thing. spikes that are coming down. On yeah. Him that or, or in right in, in temple of doom or the in Raiders, the door closing where he's got to, Again, climb up from that chasm and, and get out yeah. of there. It's not like the audience is going to actually time three minutes. I mean, some people will. Some people will and be but annoying then, but about then you it, can say, but. hey, this is the perception of time. Mm-hmm. And and look, you during it, you're going to be caught up in the suspense where here I just was like, oh, that just happened. And and now they go. What I did like is I did like the scene where Helena is reading them the 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 cipher or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. I, I liked how she was explaining it and all this and having the dynamite and kind of distracting them that way and then blowing up. That was fun. But then the Nazis just, he just is like, gets his binox out. <laughs> He's like, yep, they're heading west. They're heading west or whatever. You know, I can't do a Mads Mickelson, but, uh, and then that just, they just follow them and somehow aren't noticed by and this boat that somehow, follows them. Somehow kidnap short round. Yeah. And uh, yeah. How are they? Yeah. That was, that was a convenient random thing. Yeah. The, the kid who's there and on that, that was, I was like, okay, whatever. I can suspend my disbelief for that. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about, yeah, how'd they get that small boat to go all the way across the Aegean Sea like that? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I thought it was weird because, like, there's a line in it where they're, they're like, driving away, and I think it's the kid says something like, oh, we've got a full tank. I'm like, no, you don't, because they had to drive out to that boat, <laughs> like, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You it reminded me of tank. Uncharted 4, though, that boat. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, yeah, so let's see. Uh, we can start talking about kind of getting towards the end. I mean, the car chases. I feel. Is there anything to say about the car chases? No. The the black market stuff. You have the nice scene where Indy cracks his whip, and then they all take their guns out. That's a nice That's moment. Fine. Um, but uh, yeah. So you have the the moment where um, they go to basically the the. They kept saying. Dionysius, Dionysius. Yeah, they, I, is it not Dionysus? Am I crazy? I had always said Dionysus. I thought that was weird too. So, so maybe that know. was just an old way of saying it, or maybe we we're just wrong. But uh, I could have sworn it was Dionysus, or maybe they're both accepted. Um, Jimmy, you're the one who knows your Greek. Oh, stuff. I should know it. You should I, know. I should know, but I don't. Uh, so they go to that temple. They they find the end. You know, they crawl up, and he's like, "I'm getting too old for this. What am I doing up here?" Uh, and then they get up there, and I did like the booby trap with uh, Athena. Yeah, that was fun. Goddess of war and reason, and the methane, and it's kind of poison. They got to get out of there, and it's yeah, like water fun. displacement thing. Not exactly sure. So it like tipped 
the water got dipped up and then it like like a pool or bathtub would overflow and then it like filled this thing that unlocked it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty creative. I liked it. And then they are there anything is there anything else in the movie? That's it. Right? I was I thought there was one more, but I was trying to think about it and I'm not sure there is. They entered like the place with all the mirrors and the reflected light. I thought they were gonna have to do something with that. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they just opened up his his uh coffin, his sarcophagus sort of thing. And uh and there he is. He's got a watch. What the heck? How does he have the watch that I have as Indiana Jones and the the Nazi guy has. How do you get that? How does this this uh, Phoenix have uh, propellers? What the heck's going on here? Um, but they apparently there's just a third part of the dial that you got to put in the middle too. Good thing, uh, good thing, uh, Nazi guy. Yeah, I didn't that. understand that. I was like, Jürgen. okay, there's there's the third part that they never mentioned. Yeah, I guess it's right there though. So conveniently. Um, they put it in. They they start the dial going, and they Indy gets shot in the heart and lives, <laughs> and it's like yeah, perfectly fine. fine once he gets into that airplane. Mm-hmm. And then the kid follows them in the airplane. In a different airplane. In a different airplane. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> so the plot can happen. And and she somehow catches up to the plane with the motorcycle. Which whatever. Yeah. I'm willing to suspend all my disbelief for that. Um, suspend my belief or whatever, whatever the saying is, you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. Uh, they get, they get into the clouds. It's a storm and they're about to go through the time portal. And Indiana Jones says, but you didn't account for continental shift. Drift. Continental drift. Continental drift. You're right. That's the name of that ice age movie. <laughs> that's, that's why, you know, <laughs> continental drift. So you could be off by 10 degrees. And I'm like, wow, that's a great point. Would yeah, never that was that. really interesting. And, I was like, and Mads okay, Mikkelsen's cool. like, oh, crap. He's You're right. right. <laughs> what are we doing? And then they just go through it, mm-hmm. and it's completely fine. I don't understand. No. Like, yeah, no, It's it It seems like such a cool, like, idea to bring up. And I, I like, granted, it would have been weird if they chickened out going through the portal I don't know then would they have just gone to a different portal or what would you have done then? But it's still like, I don't know. It's interesting. Or I guess even, even if they go through the portal, like you still could have kept it being that the continental drift is the reason that why they go back to ancient, you know, that, Rome that the siege of whatever it's siege called. Siege of Syracuse. Yeah. Um, but then it, it just turns out that it was planned to go there the whole time. So it doesn't matter. So maybe I guess he just did account for continental drift yeah, and knew what? about it. Which there's no way. Uh, I gotta find Central out. Syracuse. I gotta find out who it, it was. Carthage. Okay, it's Carthage. Is uh, I gotta find out if Hannibal is involved in this or one of the Barca, one of the Barkers. Hannibal. All right, it's it's around the time of Hannibal Barca. All right. But yeah, then um. Yeah, then you get to the the Crystal Skull or Aliens moment of the movie, I would say, which is them literally traveling through time to the Seas of Syracuse. Which I was like, if they do not travel through time, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah, they because were talking I'm like, about it so much throughout the movie. I'm like, like, every single Indiana Jones movie, you get to see the thing happen. Mm-hmm. If they don't actually do this, I'm going to be so pissed off right now. Which it is, it is, I don't, I can see why people would be upset with this one more so, I think, because it is like... It's jarring. It is jarring. Like, it's look, very I weird. love ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. And this is like 
like you said, like a dream come true for me. It was jarring for me. And I was even like excited that it was happening. Yeah. So I, I can understand it more. I think I, I think I'm okay with it happening in the movie because like there's still like ex, like wild things happening in the series all the time and maybe not quite on this level, but whatever. It's fine. I don't mind it um, inherently, but a lot of the things that happen in the scene are really stupid. This is where the movie kind of falls apart, I think. It, yeah. It's like, okay, they're there and the historical combat is... It, Okay, let's see. Archimedes directing the defense. Okay, I don't know specifically about this battle, but them having like the what do you call them the the things that they would what are the huge crossbow things ballistas like? the ballistas. Pretty sure they did not have those on ships at this point. Well, but okay, beyond that, like they have catapults and stuff. But ancient naval warfare at this, they ran they ram the ships into each other. That mm-hmm. is like the extent of it. Or they like get close and they board the other ship and just try to kill everybody. And they smash into each other. This none of that was happening. There's like flaming catapults happening, and yeah, the ballistas. I mentioned to you, it's like they're shooting ballistas, but they're like they're successfully shooting the planes, which means they're having to like lead the shots and everything, which they would not have known how to account for, probably. Maybe, At least to that extent. Hey, you know, you're on Greyjoys down there. <laughs> True. <laughs> and they think they're dragons or whatever. Okay, I whatever mm-hmm. you know, but then like. They, they, how did they get out again? They, they parachuted out, right? They parachute, yeah, they, they parachuted, parachuted out. And the land. one, the plane crashes with Mads Mikkelsen and Boyd Holbrook in it. Just super lame. anticlimactically. I mean, you see like Mads Mikkelsen's charred face, but that's like it. It's just not. Yeah. You know, whatever. In the aftermath of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's just very lame. And then they, like, he's dying on the beach. Because now all of a sudden he's not yeah, good again. Now that he was shot in the heart, it's catching up to him. Yeah, you know, that delayed reaction to getting shot in the heart. You know, that it takes about 45 minutes mm-hmm. to feel it. Yeah. Um, or 20, whatever it was in this. And then Archimedes just comes over and he's just like, hey, I made this time machine so you would come back to this moment to help us. And he's, and he's like, sure, I'll help you. I'm like, what is he going to do at this point? Like, what is he <laughs> going to do? That's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, okay, if you're as wounded as you seem to indicate, you're just going to die, like, minutes after they leave. Like, what? In, like even, even if you weren't, like, you're just... I understand you're from the future, but you're also just an archaeology professor. You don't, like, know, like, naval combat, probably. Well, even if he did... Like, yeah. what is he going to do? Like, yeah. they literally have a genius on their side already. It's not mm-hmm. like they're like, oh, I just need more ideas. Maybe he's like, you got to go kill Hannibal Barkla. Hannibal Barkla and he's going to be at this city and this date because I know this event happened. Maybe that, but like in the short term, like, yeah. And also he's just going to die in five minutes. So, and I, I know it's like, it, it's the sixties or whatever. So you, it, you can make the argument that like sci-fi, you can't go off of necessarily sci-fi knowledge or whatever, but I don't understand. I, I in his shoes with how smart India is, I feel like I would understand like him staying would like screw things up. Like if he stays in history, like obviously that's going to change the, and I think you get away with it since it is ancient times and they already had so many unbelievable things in their mythology. Mm-hmm. What I could have seen happen is like, they go back to like the present day and there's like this myth of this one guy and it's like you know you see this carving of a guy with like a the fedora or whatever and the whip which might have been you know 
that people probably would have hated that even more than what actually happened. Yeah. But I feel like that's more in line because one thing I do like is Indiana Jones is like, holy crap, we're literally watching history happen. Mm-hmm. Which is the exact that's the way I am, would be. And I, you know, me and Holden me and Holden, me and Indiana Jones have a lot in common. <laughs> me and Holden, absolutely no, we not. Don't. We don't have much in common. But me and Indy are basically the same. Since we both write down Neolithic and both know what the Antikythera mechanism is. Of course. Um but <laughs> the notion that he's gonna help out. And then I'm like, okay, the Antikythera mechanism, why did you if you wanted someone to find it and come back, why did you break it into two pieces? And I guess maybe the reason why is then you'd have to be smart enough to figure out the riddle. So then if you're that smart and you come back, that's kind of where I'm out. at. That's, that's my guess is something like that. Or if, if nothing else, then it'll take people long enough to figure out like far enough in the future that, you know, technology will have evolved to a point where they, they'd know some or be able to help in some way. But yeah, I, it's still kind of silly. But maybe I missed something, but like maybe on the notebook it's showing like he has figured out continental drift or something. So then that explains that. Maybe that did happen. I just completely missed it. The one time I, I, saw I didn't notice it. So I I think that's just something they brought up and was interesting. And then it played nothing into the actual story and was kind of lame since yeah. they didn't follow up on it. Um, But well, good thing that the kid brought the plane randomly so they could just fly back up mm. into the thing. Yeah. And that. That scene goes on for so long. It's like Indy is, it's just Indy constantly like, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. I'm and not going to make it back. And then I'm Helena gonna... Shaw is like, no, you have to come back. And they go, and she's, they're talking in Greeklish. I don't know whatever you want to call it, Rome or Latinish. Yeah, whatever. They're speaking in Latin or Greek or whatever to, to Archimedes. And, and then some English. I'm like, he doesn't understand your English, no. Helena. <laughs> um, and it's just that argument was so awkward. I don't mm-hmm. know if you felt awkward, but it yeah, went on it for is, so long. It was awkward. And, and I like, just what is I, happening? I just thought the the whole indie staying back there in general thing just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I understand he feels like he doesn't maybe have a place in the modern world, but like I don't know. It's not like the character has like longed to be in like as a part of history or whatever. And I mean like there's even a, a conversation earlier in the movie where you could possibly set up something like that when they were talking, when, when Helena was like, Oh, what, if you could go back in time, what would you do? And he just says, Oh, I'd go back in time and, you know, tell my son not to go to war. Yeah. If you, and that's a way to tell the Mudstead or whatever, that's fine. But if you were to say like him give like, Oh, I'd go back and witness this thing happen or whatever, it'd be like, okay, that makes more sense. He clearly would like to actually be able to have the power to go back and see these things. But that's like not anything that really seems to be part of his motivation at any point. So it's just like this bizarre change of a character yeah. at this one moment. And then he, she just punches him and then they go back off screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently he did do this like uh, he did have a he had. So the Archimedes stuff, we had claws to grab ships and giant mirrors and stuff. Apparently that's uh, legit. I heard about the mirror thing before. Um, I didn't know. I, that iron claw thing seemed weird, but if that's real, that's cool. So the, 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 the Romans, who would have been on Sicily, right? I think that's who Archimedes is with. He's got, they, do, they have ballistas. So I, okay. guess that's, I guess that's right. Um, 
So there we go. I, I take it back. But again, this is not what the battle is probably looking like. Um, pretty cool though. I again, I think like history, history wise, like the actual history integrated into the movie. This might be the best one of like the actual history sure. integrated into the movie. Um, so <laughs> Helena just punches him in the face, like. The dude got shot in the heart. Like, yeah. have him shot in the stomach or something. Like, they literally got shot in the heart. Like, I don't know what this. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, how is he going to make it out of this? And how are you going to get him to the hospital? God, I'm so glad he didn't die in the past. I would have. That would movie would have ruined. That would have ruined the movie for me. Probably. <laughs> that would have been dumb. Um, he lives. He comes back, and then you have. Salah's back. He's like, oh, he's singing his song that he mm. sings in Raiders of the Lost Ark after he gets kissed by Marion. And then Marion comes. And that's a nice moment. And yeah. they harken back to the where does it not hurt and all that. I, I'm actually, that was cute. I teared yeah. up a little bit. You know, that's cute. Um, and then it's, then it's, they, I guess they it's done. give it another chance. And there we go. It's yeah. done. He grabs the hat. Yeah. So. That's a different, you know, different opening, not using the Paramount, different ending, too, because always it's like a prolonged shot and the mm-hmm. credits roll up and they're going off into the distance and not this no, time. not here. Um, conclusive. Conclusive. Um, a lot more Star Wars, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Anything else to say? No, we've, I did, we've talked about this for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, we have. I did enjoy it. I just don't know if it's great. It's just not great. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's uh, we we've we've kind of crapped on it quite a bit, but we're we're much more negative than I think we actually yeah. like. We've it's, talked it's like about fine. I I think the thing like comparing this to Crystal Skull, like last week, not that we were like super positive around that movie, but like the discourse around that movie has always been so negative. So everyone already knows the problems with it. So we were able to talk about some more positive things and this is like new. So I think it's just like we're able and no one knows anything about it. So we're kind of latching onto the things that kind of yeah. didn't like as much, but yeah. All right, there we go. Holden, let's go into our final segment, which of course is what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, um, this week, um, I mean, it's only been four days since last time, so we haven't haven't really watched a ton. One of the things I did do, though, I rewatched Turning Red, just like on oh, a yeah. whim, like just for basically no reason. Um, you like that movie much more than I do. Yeah, and I honestly, I think it, it I don't know if it gets better, but it holds up, it, like it, it hasn't gotten worse for me. I, I really still enjoy that movie. I think it's... Probably my favorite Pixar movie of the last several years. I think it's just a ton of fun. So I think I think it gets it's it's a bit underrated in my opinion. Hmm. But yeah, Pixar hasn't totally lost it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you liked it more than like uh, Soul. I might like it more than Soul. I at least I feel like I'm more likely to. I mean, I I've rewatched it more than Soul already, but I I'm, I have like more of a desire to rewatch it. Soul can be like kind of sad and like. I think it's I think it's a really good movie, but it's just like not as you know, it's not as like fun to go back yeah. to, right? Um. Anyway, did that. I also rewatched Fast X. Um. Finally, Fast my, Ten. F- yeah, Fast X. Um. With my friends that we had watched all the Fast and Furious movies. Um. 
and yeah, it was it was very funny. We were, I was I was so focused on Jason Momoa this time around. I appreciated him great. even even more the second time. He's, He's great. so good. Um, yeah, um, I finished the spectacular Spider-Man series. I didn't have much more of that. Um, ends on a cliffhanger, um, which is a shame, but it was that show was really good. Very good Spider-Man series. Um, I wanted to mention the new It's Always Sunny episode had Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul in it. Really? They're like major characters. They're playing themselves. <laughs> and they're like, it's like making fun of their like alcohol brand that oh, they yeah. have together. And like, <laughs> without giving away too much of it, like their dynamic in the episode is very funny because like Aaron Paul is like kind of emotionally abusive to Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Cranston is like very submissive. Like it's, this it's, old man. Yeah. Kind of it's very funny. I thought it was a very good episode of it. Um, and then game-wise, I'm just finishing the Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory Platinum Trophy, and I will be finished by next episode. And I still haven't decided what I'm playing next quite yet, but be something. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the big thing is I, I've been actually getting to getting into Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Played quite a bit of it, actually. Yesterday I sat down for a few hours and got into it and having fun. Yeah, it was not that much looking forward to playing it, but it's like oh, I upgraded to PS Plus Extra, so I better just play this while I'm on it. Where are you at in it? Still no, like the opening oh, kind of. I was gonna say area. I think it gets a lot better when it when it opens up more right, personally, but, but I've I've enjoyed it. I've li- I liked a lot of the quality of life things in there. Uh, Emily and I also watched one of the new Black Mirror episodes. It's the one with. I am completely blanking out on the actress's name now. Uh, golly, I'm going to have to look it up, which is embarrassing. What is she in? What? I I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. Um, so let's see here. It's it's going to come up. It's in it's in here. Oh, Selma Hayek. I just completely oh, blocked down Selma. Oh, uh, and what's her name from Schitt's Creek? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it, Joan is awful. Uh, I I fell asleep. <laughs> really? <laughs> For part, I was really tired. So I fell asleep. It, it, was, it was all right. I, I think it could have been probably a little shorter. Okay. But I, I was asleep for part of it, so maybe I just missed things that maybe led to you it. missed important things. Maybe I missed important <laughs> things, but I honestly was like, I got the story, so I don't, and I was kind of in and out for a lot of it, so. I think I've heard the Aaron Paul episode is like the best one. That um, one's an hour 20. Beyond. Jeez. Yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. Pretty long episodes. So uh, that's what I've been doing this week. Hold in. Otherwise, I'm going to have an Indiana Jones video hopefully coming to you before the next podcast is my goal. Probably. Well, and it, it, well <coughs> this next episode will probably be over a week away from this one, I would yeah. guess. Um, next week, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Which oh, shoot, I didn't look it up. I, I looked it up, and I don't think there's like any movies really coming out next week that we're interested in. So we might have to figure something out. Yeah. Well, we will figure it out, I guess. Let's see. Yeah, you can, you can sh- next double check. Week, you know, there's always uh, the the mermaid one or whatever. <laughs> Rudy Gilman. Kraken. Teenage Kraken. <clears throat> Jeez, what? I don't even know what the date is. Here we go. Uh, Insidious, the Red Door. You don't want to see the new no. Insidious movie? I didn't one? like the first one. That's supposed to be the f- best one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. I well, I wonder if there's like an, an older movie that we have not seen that we would like to go back to. Yeah, maybe there's something on streaming. I, you know, I've always wanted not. to watch RRR. So, could look yeah. at what's coming to the state or something too. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure something out. We'll we'll bring you something. We're in addition to Secret Invasion. Yeah, Secret Invasion. At the very least, Secret Invasion. So there you go. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. And I believe that's it, Jimmy. All right, sweet. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. Thank you.